Blog Talk Radio. opportunity at any point to join in here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. All you have to do is just call in at 516-418-5572. Again, it's 516-418-5572. Any opinion is a great opinion. You don't have to agree or disagree. We'd love to hear from you. And definitely, we're going to want to go ahead and thank our wonderful sponsor this evening, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Please feel free to visit Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce at 301 South 22nd Street, right here in Tampa, Florida. And if you can't come down to Tampa, guess what? You're in luck. You can try out any one of the four great, wonderful flavors, classic honey mustard fusion and heat wave. Any one of the four, you can pick them up, plus some other great things that Chef G offers right at FL bbqsauce.com again it's flbbqsauce.com definitely check them out and in fact the first song in the the show was by sam scola right there in maine we really appreciate sam scola beautiful wife mary in fact sam scola handles all of our music selections here on the allen alfred sports talk show you heard one we're going to play you the chef g's florida barbecue sauce song right now enjoy that song and I'm going to be right back with you. Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, sang by Sam Scola, right out of Maine. Comes in for variety, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. A natural flavor, Chef G's Florida 
barbecue sauce, Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs, tasty fusion on pork and sausage, classic taste for chicken steak chips, a hot heat wave on meatballs and Chef Cheese, Florida Barbecue Sauce. Serve on fish and vegetables. Chef Cheese, Florida Barbecue Sauce. Chef Cheese, Florida Barbecue Sauce. Chef Cheese, Florida Barbecue Sauce. Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting. Mania is a pork group. So don't forget to check them out at flbbqsauce.com. And I have a great show for you tonight. In fact, we're going to go ahead and bring on one of our great callers. Let's do that right now, Fab. Hey, how you doing Hello, so far Alex. tonight, Lou? All right. All right. All right. Always great to hear from you. How you been? Okay, good. Yeah. All right, my friend. Yeah, so just uh, re uh, re looking at an article I was uh, writing about. It's official that uh, the A's are going for a dumpster fire of a stadium to their new home in Sin City. Yeah, that is not a surprise, my friend. Unfortunately, you're right. That is something that we, you know, they've been talking about, and it's been coming for a while. What are your thoughts on them moving over to Vegas? Well, Vegas has become the new Oakland, if, you know, if that's an indication. I mean, you know, I mean, look, the Raiders have moved to Vegas, um, to Oakland. Uh, you know, the uh, Warriors moved across the Bay of San Francisco. You know, we're not the um, – well, the Angels doesn't have any uh, hockey teams in Oakland, but, uh, you know, the, or, but they have the Vegas Golden Knights. So Vegas has become the happening, uh, the happening town in the, in the sports world. I think they have an MLS team, too. As was WBA. So Vegas has become you know, a hot property now uh, for sports teams. Yeah, I, you know what? You're right, but I don't see it. Like, there's so much other things you can do in Vegas. I just look at it as there's so many dollars that you can yeah. spend on entertainment. I just don't see – me personally, I wouldn't want to go to Vegas just because there's so much other things you could do other than going to a sports venue. Yes, but also they have it's a betting capital, and and people do better on sporting events. Yeah, that's true. Got a good point there. You know, I, I'm actually going to be upset that Oakland's leaving because I think they have a really nice stadium. Yeah. I I think they have a beautiful stadium. I really do. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's, it's kind of it's a catastrophe. It, it has a lot of. First of all, number one, if you hit a home run out of there, you really put a, you really put a swing yeah. into it. It is a, it's a big ballpark. And second thing is I love the fact that it has a lot of foul territory. It, that's pretty cool yeah. to me. Uh, you know, it has, it, it, it looks pretty cool to me. It looks like a nice stadium. I'm going to be kind of, I've never been there, but it looks really inviting. Yeah. I'm going I'm to be well, kind of sad. When you have a team that doesn't, that doesn't win, 
And when our fans are not showing up, I mean, over the last two decades, the team has been a disaster. I mean, they've only they've only drawn like about three thousand or four thousand fans a game. Yeah, I, I thought of. What happened? Yeah, it's pretty. That's pretty low. I thought the Rays were struggling yeah. in that department, but that's wow, three to four thousand a game. But yeah, oh, yes, you know. <laughs> I love the drums out there in center field. You know, they had you know band players yeah. out there. I, you know what? I just think they just need to kind of. I don't think they really need to move my my in my opinion. I just think they need to rebrand. Get some good players. Get a, a team that's competitive. You know, do some concert events. You know, change it up a yeah. bit. I, right. I think I don't think they need to move. I I really don't. I think if you just kind of rebrand yourself, show the fans that you want a yeah, winning product. Yeah, everything. Even during the Moneyball era, it wasn't even enough. Yeah, that was a great time there, Moneyball. Woo. Yeah. Did you say a marching band? I didn't see the marching band. I saw the band in the yeah. center field that used to have. They used to have guys who used to play drums. I thought that was pretty cool. The marching band's coming down the side of the field. Oh my goodness, this is possible. <laughs> oh no. But I think a marching yeah. band coming down. I think what happened with the with the, uh, with the with the football game a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, forty years ago. Yeah, it's it's, but yeah, it's, you know, it's just a shame how a whole city is losing all their franchises. It, you know, one thing I've learned about sports and in life is that nothing is nothing is forever, unfortunately. No. You know, I've seen some businesses that I thought were landmarks that was that would stick around forever. And they stuck around for a good time, but eventually they decided to close their doors. And Oakland is like, it's got a lot of great history to me. I, my favorite play that I've ever seen made was there by Derek Jeter to flip. That to me is his, yeah. his best play. To me, that's his, it's not the dive, it's the flip. And I know that the flip, I'm sorry, I know that the dive, you can they've taken better pictures per se. It's better for, for photos, but I just think that the significant of that flip play was just magnificent. Oh yeah. I wanted to get your thoughts on something, Lou. What did you think about, uh, yeah. you know, unfortunately Joe Burrow having the season ending injury, unfortunately. Yeah, same. No, it's not like the Bengals are going really that far anyway, but this is, you know, this is the nail in the coffin right there. Yeah, it is unfortunate. I mean, I saw yeah. I watched the game last night. I said it it doesn't look good, but I thought yeah. I honestly thought worst case scenario he misses the next game because the next game they have about almost 10 days off till the next game because they play Thursday yeah. night. I thought worst case scenario he misses just one game. But to find out yeah. the season ending, I was like, wow. That's unfortunate. I'm going to talk more about that too in a segment. But the one thing I did want to get from you too, the you know the Jets, they have an interesting matchup against the Bills. How do you think they're going to do? Horrible. You're playing in <laughs> Buffalo now, and they and they never win there in Buffalo, never. Uh-huh. And even though the fact that we need more wins, because now we're four and five in the second half of the season. But I'll tell you, the AFC, the AFC East. 
is looking is looking pathetic. Even Buffalo isn't doing that well. I mean, it's the AFC least now. You know, almost as bad as the uh, AF, almost as bad as the uh, NFC South. Oof. Yeah, I was just going to tell you, Lou. If you're going to go ahead and get the Bills, now is the time to get them because they are they are yeah, definitely not true. looking like the Bills of past. If your Jets are going to no. beat them, this is the time to jump on it. Exactly. But speaking of ju- jumping on it, tomorrow is going to be your last show before the break. Mine, well, tonight's for, mine. For Thanksgiving for the Thanksgiving break, yes. I mean, the last show of the season is December sixteenth. So yep, that's right. You'll so, still have three shows. You'll still have three shows after this. So we'll keep yep. track, of course, on uh, of course the college football uh, playoff pool. Uh, wrap up the MLB awards because we've got a lot still to cover. Uh, if any other news on the uh, Heisman, we'll bring that, of course. Um, also, the feel-good story of the week, uh, sports trivia, the, this week in sports history, the ridiculous sign of the week. And, of course, your thoughts and comments are always welcome. And remember that – oh, yeah, Thanksgiving thoughts, too, since Thanksgiving is Thursday. Anybody that calls in, uh, you know, I'd like to know what you're doing for Thanksgiving or uh, any uh, anything to be thankful for, so you know you might want to tune in for that. So the number, of course, is five one two five four three four six six two. And remember that's four to six p.m. And that's remember that's Eastern time, even for those of you in Florida. That's right. Make sure you guys tune in to lose Enhanced Sports Show. You can reach them also on YouTube at the Enhanced right. Sports Show between four and six Eastern Standard Time Zone. Tomorrow, make sure you call in and tune in because this tomorrow is going to be the last show before, you know, the Black Friday. So, right. Five, but remember, we'll be back December 2nd. Yep, that, that's going to be right. 512-543-4662. 512-543-4662. Make sure you check in with Lou between 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. It's going to be a great show. Yep. So definitely yeah, sure make sure. You check. Yep, it's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna make sure I check in too, because uh, make sure right. you get. Otherwise, you have to wait another week, folks. So make sure you call in between four and six p.m. Right. tomorrow, Eastern Standard Time Zone. That's right. And remember, type in, go to YouTube first, and type in the Enhanced Sports Show exactly as I said. Otherwise, it won't work. That's right. Gotta have it right for for Lou, but check him on YouTube. Check him on. Give him a call, and I'm looking forward to talking to him tomorrow. It's always a great time on the Enhanced Sports Show with Lou. Thanks. You're welcome. I appreciate you, Lou. Always a pleasure. Okay. Stand by for Diane. (laughs) Okay. Yep. Looking forward to it. Good. All right. Appreciate you, Lou. You're the best. All right. Thanks. Yeah. You are. Welcome. We got here. Thank you. Yeah. And that's Lou from the Enhanced Sports Show. Definitely always a pleasure to hear from Lou. And you guys could call in to 516-418-5572. 516-418-5572. Got a lot to discuss tonight. We're going to th- talk about that. The Thursday night football game. You know, it was a, it was a very entertaining game. 
I made quite a few observations. First, uh, definitely prayers go out to Mark Andrews as well as Joe Burrow. I mean, it definitely you don't expect two of those two of the big big names in the sport of football to go down and not only go down but be out for the for the season. And that's what happened as last night's game. But I thought, uh, you know, I did predict the Ravens to win this game. I thought it was going to be a, a pretty good scoring game on both sides, but I did think the Ravens were going to pull it out. It really pretty much was competitive up until the point of Joe Burrow going down, which was towards the end of the getting close to halftime. And pretty much from there, you pretty much knew the Ravens were going to take over. It's no disrespect, you know, to their team or anything. It's just that, you know, it's just hard to replace a Joe Burrow when he goes down. You know, anybody who comes in after him, you know, you, you have a better shot of winning. That's just how it goes. And that was the case last night. I just thought it was interesting that it's almost like Lamar Jackson. He still had a, I'll say a very, very good game, but it's almost like people told him, Hey, he's a running back. He's a running back. Now it's like, he's, I feel like he doesn't run when he should run. He had a plenty of opportunities. I thought last night to really, really put a hurt in on the, the Bengals. And he just stood in a pocket. He really didn't take the initiative to run. He ended up getting the win, so you can't complain about that. The run game was doing their thing. But it was just a little bit surprising that they used to call him the the running back who, who was playing quarterback, and now he, you know, even when he has openings, very seldom does he run. So I did notice that. And uh, there was a lot that happened, too, in the NFL. A couple things I did want to bring to your attention is that, you know, Trayvon Diggs, Mentioned, tweeted out that he thinks that Stefan Diggs should leave Buffalo because of the fact that the way the situation is and what's going on in Buffalo. And let me just say that I I couldn't disagree more with Trayvon Diggs and his situation. I think that's actually kind of rude and disrespectful to throw your brother underneath the bus and say he should leave a team. Look. The NFL, it's tough to win in the NFL. I don't care who you are. It is tough to not only win in the NFL, it's even tougher to keep winning season after season because you know why? When you are known as a team that wins all the time, teams gear up, they game, they scheme on how to beat you when they play you the next time. Whereas if you're a team that, let's say, takes off one year, people kind of look past you. And then by the time they realize it, it's too late, they had already sucked up a loss or maybe two by you. So then, yeah, they have to wait till next season. Well, the Bills are a team that's been up at the top of the echelon for the last two to three years. So this what happens in the NFL. You know, it gets tougher and tougher to win. And before the game started, I kid you not, they said that Stefan Diggs has a record-setting 71 catches in 10 weeks. So I'm like, even before the game started, I said, wow, that's, that's a lot of volume. Like there is no place that Stefan Diggs is going to go where he gets that type of volume. And one of the reasons why I, I felt as if what what's going to happen was there was going to be a situation where they were going to probably shut down Stefan Diggs last, you know, when they played the, the Bills because that's their number one weapon. And I felt 
before the game started with the Bills, I even told my son that, hey, Josh Allen's going to throw at least two picks. He's going to throw at least two picks against against the, the Broncos. And I said the reason why they, I said that is because the Broncos actually do have a very good offense. The, I'm sorry, they have – I beg your pardon. They have a very, very solid defense. They have very, very good defense. So I knew Josh Allen was going to throw at least two picks. And why I knew he was going to throw at least two picks – is because he was going to try to force feed the ball to Stephon Diggs where he shouldn't or to someone else, but more than likely it's going to be Stephon Diggs and he's going to get at least one or two picks. I said two picks, not even one or two. I said he's going to throw at least two picks. And lo and behold, he did. And he got that first one early. The point is sometimes Josh Allen throws a pick or two in the game because he's trying to force the ball to Stephon Diggs. He's trying to make the guy happy. So you have to understand, football is a team game. It's, you could be the greatest receiver on the team. It, it's very self-centered, very selfish to think that if they just throw the ball 15 to 20 times to me every game, we're going to end up winning. Duh, you don't think teams know that they're going to try to force it to you and they don't scheme against that? That's what I'm talking about. It's harder and harder and harder to repeat because now you're going to get double team or at least the best corner on the team on every single team is going to scheme and defend you. And if he doesn't defend you one-on-one, which in more cases he doesn't, usually they have him defend you one-on-one, but they also have help. So you're kind of like clogged up. Stefan Diggs should no way even think about leaving another team. You got paid. You're on a, a winning team. You're not on a team that always loses. This is what happens. You can't – the measure of a man is how he deals with adversity, not when things are going well. When things are going well, everybody loves you. Things are going well, it's easy. But when things are going tough, are you going to just run out the back door? It seems to me like that's what Stephon Diggs and Trayvon Diggs are implying. Let's, let's leave. You know, they're losing now. This is a team game. You can't win all the time. I mean, even Kansas City, look at them, the Chiefs. You know, there's no Tyreek Hill, and you could tell it's tougher for Mahomes to win games. No matter who, how great you are, it's hard to stay number one. So it is an absolute mistake for Stephon Diggs and Trayvon Diggs. I know it wasn't coming from Stephon, but I know that they had, they had to have some type of conversation about this. It is just Bush League for the Trayvon or Stefan Diggs to even imply leaving Buffalo. You made your bed. You got to lie in it. You wanted to play in Buffalo. You, you had it good for a year. Now that you can't win every game and you lost that game against the Bengals, it's a team game. You can't, can't win them all. Another thing that was kind of disappointing in the NFL was Carissa Thompson came to light and basically <laughs> said – that she makes up sometimes some interviews or reports just because, you know, the the interviewee might be busy. You know, she didn't say anything detrimental about, you know, what the coach said, but she made it up. I mean, to me, that's Bush League. First of all, that is utmost bad on integrity. And second of all, you shouldn't have admitted that. Like that just dissing your own journalistic skills, saying that you have to make up reports. I mean, I wouldn't even think about doing that. Like it's, if I get an interview with someone, I post it up and show it to you guys and give you what they said. I don't even 
like try to paraphrase. I let you see what they said. For you just to make stuff up, why are you even on sidelines then? Just make it up. Hey, this person thinks this and this and this. I mean, come on now. It's amazing, but that's disappointing. I agree to hear something like that. You know, I just just make stuff up. You know, hey, we we should run the ball more. We got to be more effective. I mean, just just make up cliches, I guess. You know, but it's just it's astonishing that a reporter would do that, and it's even more astonishing that they actually would say that out loud too. I, I don't know which one is more ridiculous, but those are some of the stories in the NFL. Another great thing that, you know, in that game too with the the Bills, I did want to mention too, besides Stephon Diggs, that, you know, you got to give the Broncos credit. They deserve to win that game against the Bills. They absolutely positively did. I mean, they just, they played and they were the team that was, if they didn't, if the Broncos didn't win the game, I felt as if they would have they would have let a golden opportunity slip away because to me they deserved the they being the Broncos deserved to win that game and they did, you know they kicked a field goal while time is expiring. It's no good, and then the Bills had twelve men on the field get a flag and then he kicks it a second time and makes it, you know. But I felt as if it was just Afropo. The Broncos deserve to win. I will say, you know, props to, to Russell. He's starting to look not like the Russell of old, but he's starting to look a lot better. I will say that much, you know, because as they did say during the telecast, that Russell last year would have lost that game. And, you know, he, he clutched up and he didn't. He didn't blow the game. He made decisions. He was more of a game manager. He didn't try to, you know, do heroic stuff like he did in the past and it did work. So he stayed within himself and they got to win. So props to Russell Wilson and the Broncos for pulling out a, a big win. And now I'm going to go ahead and go over the predictions for week 11. So we had the, the Ravens did beat the Bengals on Thursday night football. So we have the Steelers against the Browns. It's going to be a very good game, but I do have the Steelers. Deshaun Watson is not playing. Steelers are starting to, they're on the rise. They're starting to look better and better. You know, definitely, I got the Steelers. We have the Raiders against the Dolphins. I have the Dolphins winning. Bears and the Lions. I have the Lions winning. You know, back in the days, used to be the Bears winning all the time, but now the Lions are very, very good. The Lions being the Bears, Titans against the Jags. I have the Jags winning the game. We have the Chargers and the Packers. I have the Chargers winning. But the Cardinals and the Texans should be a very good game. But I do have the Cardinals winning. Cowboys and the Panthers. I hate to pick the Cowboys, but I got the Cowboys winning. Giants against the Commanders. Giants really, really need to win a game. Commanders are kind of like, you know, they're hot and cold, hot and cold. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and go with the Commanders to win. Bucks and the 49ers, lead I stay more. The 49ers are going to win this game. Jets and the Bills. I, I do believe the Jets 
do have a great opportunity to win a game and steal a game, and they should, but I don't think they're going to. I think the Bills going to turn things around and win. We have the Seahawks and the Rams. I have the Seahawks winning. Broncos and the Vikings, that should be a very good game, very competitive. You know what? I hate to say it, but I think I got the Broncos winning against the Vikings. Then we have the Chiefs versus the Eagles. This is the rematch of the Super Bowl. That's going to be a very, very good game. Very competitive. I think this is the week that the Eagles get it done. I think the Eagles are going to beat the Chiefs. And I got the Eagles beating the Chiefs. So those are my week 11 picks. Should be, I'll keep you up to date on how that goes. Going to switch gears and talk a little bit about college football. Wide receiver, top prospect, Winston Watkins Jr. He decommitted to Colorado. And the question is, did Winston make the right decision? I would say absolutely. He made the right decision. You know, at first you would think, oh, here comes another kid who just thinks he's all that, you know, just the gift of playing football or sports. And here we go again. We've seen this story already. The head gets big. But no, I listened to what Winston said and his options. And yeah, he absolutely made the right decision because to to be real with you, he had a lot better options than Colorado, actually. You know, he when I say better options, he had a bunch of teams in the SEC, you know, Georgia, Alabama, LSU. He had some big name colleges that about 20, they said, that have interest in signing him. And he wanted to play for Deion Sanders in Colorado and help them out. But I think he made the right decision because he's right. There's no guarantee that Deion Sanders is going to stick around to really play with him. Maybe a year tops. But the thing about it is I suspect, just like a lot of other people suspect, as soon as his sons enter the NFL, I would say maybe you get one more year out of him. Possibly. He goes, team goes to the, these kids go to the NFL. He might play the next year without them. And then I think he's gone. And at most, he's going to play one year. He might even leave as soon as they leave. But I agree. I, I, I wouldn't feel confident that he's going to stick around either. And I feel as if, you know, maybe he gets a year with him, pops. And, you know, you don't want to go to kind of a place where you have turmoil and now you're the only great player on the team. You know, it could flip for him. I definitely do think that him taking an opportunity with one of the SEC schools, you know, the Georgias, the Alabamas, you know, one of those type type of schools, the Floridas, and, you know, just the big name schools, big market schools, you have a lot of opportunity to go into the NFL. Not that you can't go to Colorado, but it's going to be a different situation if you get stuck out there and there's no Deion Sanders. So I absolutely looking at what he has on the table. I absolutely do think he made the right decision. It's not that he's saying he won't play for them, but he's not committing to them. He's kind of, and he even said he's not committing to any other team for now on. He's kind of going back in the hunt and saying, I'm going to keep my options open. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Actually. I think that's a smart move. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta say, Hey, this kid has got a good head on his shoulders. You know, he's just not 
You know, it's all good. You know, kids nowadays, they love to clout chase. And clout chasing is good to a certain degree, but it's only good if it's really going to benefit you. It's not good if you're just going to chase clout and it's not, you know, get at least even that clout. So, you know, props to him for, for making a wise decision. I think it's actually a wise decision on his part. And does the Colorado Buffalo still have a chance to make a bowl game? I believe they do. I mean, at the end of the day, all you got to do is win two games. Just win the last two games on the road, and you you make it to a bowl game. And then, you know what? That's pretty awesome. I, I definitely think Colorado has a good enough team to win two games in a row. I know people are counting them out already, but I think they can win two games in a row. And, and I'll say it again, I, I don't. There's only one game that I felt that Colorado was really out of the their out of the neighborhood was when they played Oregon. Outside of that, every game I felt was competitive. Not only do I think every game was competitive, I felt as if the games that they lost, they should have won at least two, if not three of those games. I really do. But it was poor clock management. A lot of things I would say more so on execution and coaching than anything else. But yeah, absolutely. So I do think they can make the bowl game. They just have to win two more, and they can make it in. And all you got to do is just think about one game at a time. Win the next game that you got coming up, then win one more, and you're in. So it's definitely doable. I don't know why people writing them off. I mean, they could win two games in a row. So, yeah, uh, do I think they have a chance to make the bowl game? bowl game? I think absolutely positively they do. And in fact, I, I would be more surprised if they didn't make it than if they didn't make it. I'll put you like that. But I will keep you up to date on that. A lot of great things still coming up here on the Allen Alfred Sports Hook Show. We have the Major League Baseball Review. I'm going to review that with you. Did the voters get it right? I'm going to talk some NBA basketball and the Draymond Green situation. Talk about that. I'm going to break down the Thursday night fights for you with Shakur Stevenson and a lot more. Tell you about some great upcoming events that you should really consider going to and part of those events that I will be a part of as well. Some great insight. We're going to take a quick break on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. I'm going to play a sports theme song by Sam Scola. Hey, if you need a great musician, Sam Scola is your guy. Reach out to me here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. I'll connect you to Sam Scola. You're interested in getting him signed to that big contract? Let me know. We're gonna make things happen and make it that connection. So I'm gonna play a sports theme song by Sam Scola. Take a little break. Got a lot more coming up on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Hey, sit tight. Be right there. Again, the phone number is 516-418-5572. 516-418-5572. Gonna take a quick break. Switch gears to Major League Baseball. And we are going to deliver a great show for you. So take a little break now on the sports theme song by Sam Scola.
theme song. We're back here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. I'm going to break down the Major League Baseball Awards. So, in the American League, the the American League MVP was Shohei Otani. So, Shohei Otani, congratulations to Shohei Otani getting that MVP award right there. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> yep, round of applause for Shoya Tani. So he got that MVP. And who got in National League was Ronald Acuna. 420 votes, 30 first place votes. And Mookie beats out Mookie Betts. You know, I, I really do think they got this one right. You know, these two MVPs right. Uh, you know, I just really can't – you really can't argue those two. I just think it was unanimous for Shoei Otani. It was all but one vote, first-place votes for Ronald Kuna. Twelve votes for Kuna, one to Betts. But, yeah, you know, these guys did their things, you know, especially – you know, Shoei Tani did his thing and, and didn't even play the last couple of weeks, you know, due to injuries and shutting it down. But, man, it was a landslide. And the only 40 to 70 player, 40 home runs, 70 stolen bases for Ronald Kuna. So, you know, that was definitely my, my vote to get it. I don't see how you could have voted really any other way. So, definitely they got the MVPs right. And the American League Cy Young was Garrett Cole. 13 unanimous votes. Man, that's just, whew, that's amazing. You know, and then that's in the National League, Cy Young was Blake Snell. 12 votes for him, one for Webb. So pretty, pretty clear who they decided on this year on who gets these awards. So definitely props to Blake Snell and Garrett Cole for their Cy Young awards. And then we have the Brandon Hyde from the Baltimore Orioles getting manager of the year for the American League. And Skip Schumacher got to, did receive from the Miami Marlins. So you know, this one, uh, this one was a bit closer. Eight first case votes for Skip and five for Craig Council. So definitely, a, you know, for a, Miami Marlins to get the the manager year that is that's that's impressive you know with the the way they struggle to get fans in but you know it just goes to show you people pay attention and that is really awesome National League Rookie of the Year Corbin Carroll for the Diamondbacks and then we yeah so that's that's pretty cool man I have to say an American League Rookie of the Year was Gunnar Henderson from the Baltimore Orioles. So congratulations to all the winners. That's all. You know, I I actually don't. This is one of the rare times where the voters did a great job. They really did. They really did a great job, and they got it right. You know, sometimes you take the voters with a grain of salt after the one voter 
didn't vote for Derek, but you know, I kind of I have to bring that up because it just doesn't make sense to me how you know, I say this with all due respect. You know, Derek said a few times that hey, who am I to say whether I get in the Hall of Fame or not and I'm honored to get in. But then when it came to light that there was one voter who didn't vote for him, it definitely does seem, and you get the impression that that one vote hinders and bothers him. He wanted to be unanimous, just like his, you know, his teammate, Mariano Rivera. I could definitely feel that anxiety and that off of him. So it's like one breath you're saying, hey, who am I to say I should get in the Hall of Fame? But the other, you know, the, the impression you're giving is that it really bothers you that someone didn't vote for you for to be make it so that you got it unanimously. Do I think, you know, Derek should have been unanimous? Yeah, I do think so. But, you know, it's, you don't know who that person is. That person could have been a big Boston fan and hated the fact that uh, the Yankees kept winning. You just never know. It's just hard to do things unanimously. You want it to think that people are in unison on a specific topic, but obviously that's one thing about, about America is that it's hard for people to agree on things here. That's just the way it is. But I would have to say, even though it's usually tough this year, a lot of, a lot of great jobs on the voters. I got to give them credit. They got what I would have voted pretty much myself. Speaking of vote, Lou Pinella is up for hall of fame. Cooperstown. He's already in the Florida Sports Hall of Fame, and he's also in the Tampa Bay Museum Hall of Fame. We need to get him in Cooperstown. I did an interview with Lou Pinella, and I described, and he described in detail why he should get in the Hall of Fame. If you want to check that on YouTube, just type in Alan Alfred. I went ahead this past weekend and signed at the Tampa Baseball Museum at Al Lopez House my endorsement and my vote for Lou Pinella to go ahead and get into Cooperstown. He's going to get voted in the first week in December. I'm praying he gets it. I have a very, very good feeling he's going to get the needed votes to be inducted. And you have my word here at the Allen Alfred Sports Show. I will be there to watch that induction too. So we're going to keep you posted on that. If you haven't done so already, please go down to the Tampa Baseball Museum at Al Lopez House and vote for Lou, vote for Lou, sign this big card they have there and show your support. And thanks for the Tampa, the city of Tampa baseball biz on deck and the Tampa baseball museum at Al Lopez house plus Lou Pinella, all for not only noticing that we went ahead and supported him, but sharing those posts as well. I really appreciate it. So props to all of those people. Yeah, tremendously appreciate it. That's awesome. So, really cool you guys to do that. I'll keep you posted on that. And, you know, we're going to switch gears and talk a little bit about that. Um, also, before I forget, a couple great events that coming up this weekend. On, that's tomorrow, I am going to be proud to be the EMC at the Turkey Bowl. The Turkey Bowl, that is going to be right there at Pin Chasers in Tampa. It's not too late for you to get a ticket and join in and bowl for a great cause for 
Inclusion for Down Syndrome. I'm very honored to be the EMC. So I will be at that event supporting and helping out. Make sure you guys show up too. It's going to be a lot of fun. I was you know, honored to be the EMC last year. Back by popular demand this year. Something I don't take for granted. So I'm going to be looking forward to that. I also on Sunday going to to be supporting another great event here. That one's going to be a bit further for me, but hey, I'm going to be going. And the nice thing is you guys should be going too. It's the All-American All-American Women's Baseball Classic, and I will be there on Sunday covering that event. Props to the All-American Baseball Classic, you know, for the All-American Baseball Classic for Women. So props to them for giving us the green light to cover that event. I am looking forward to that as well as running into Mark Corbett from Baseball Biz on deck. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you guys come out and definitely props to the American Girls Baseball. Really appreciate the organization, they empower girls in baseball, offering choices, training, and competition from high school to pro level. So check them out. Come on down to Ed Smith Stadium. You can, you know, I'm coming here Sunday, but hey, great thing is you can come on. They started it today. You have an event that's on Saturday and Sunday. Sunday is actually the championship game, so I'm going to be there covering that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Really appreciate the American Girls Baseball. And now we're going to switch gears and talk a little bit about NBA. NBA, Draymond Green is back in the flash again. Draymond Green receives a five-game suspension for putting Rudy Gobert, just in case you don't remember him, when the COVID came out, he was like, hey, you know, I ain't got nothing to worry about. And he started touching all those mics. Guess what? Rudy got, you know what? He got COVID. So, but yes, he did get placed in a chokehold by Draymond Green during the altercation on the field, on the court, say, and he got a five-game suspension. I would say this much. That five-game suspension is definitely warranted. You know, when Draymond Green did something like that, to me, he's lucky it's not even a lot worse. That was a bad look. You know, you're putting somebody in a chokehold, You know, just think if this happened on the street and it wasn't like in an NBA arena where everybody's watching and everybody's got cameras and all that. You know, it. it, I think Draymond Green needs to really get some help, man. I mean, I'm not even saying that's a joke. I really do think he has some anger management issues and he also definitely needs some coaching and and help with handling his aggression. He just struggles with that. We see this constantly repeat itself. And to me, he, he choked the guy out for a good five, six seconds. I was really worried. I mean, he had him in a vulnerable position. And it, the crazy thing is that it was Bush League because the reason why I say it's Bush League is that Rudy Gobert, he snuck up on him from behind. He was fighting, you know, fighting someone else, getting an altercation, and then Draymond Green comes up from behind and chokes him out, literally. It's a Bush League play. Draymond Green, man, you need you need to slow your roll, man. You need to slow your roll, man. You really do. You need to get some – I pray that you get the help you need because obviously you are not handling your emotions in the best way fit. 
And the thing about Draymond Green, he's one of these people I've seen him before where they talk a bunch. They always make excuses. They always say it's the other guy. But what's the common denominator? Draymond Green is involved. Who's the common denominator? Draymond Green is involved. Every time. It's not, you know, that's one thing with people. They always say, it's that person. It's that person. It's that person. It's that person. Not always someone else. But when you look at it, who's the common denominator in all the instances? Draymond Green, which means that it's you. It's not everyone else. It's you. Something you're doing or not doing that's creating the same pattern of behavior that you get into a situation with people. You have to identify that. And the reason why you keep getting into this situation, you know, keep screaming at the refs, is that you have a tough time handling your emotion. You walk around like giving that, you know, I hate people who do this. Unfortunately, the African-American community has stigmas and they have stereotypes. I hate when people, instead of trying to do their best to change people's perception and their thought process of, of maybe a stereotype that's unjust or it's exaggerated or is not applicable to them, guess what they do? They make the person feel like, oh, yeah, not only did I stereotype you and got it right, I was unequivocally right. You were so right that you should have put money on it. And that's what Draymond Green does. He basically basically brings home and puts a seal of approval, and he basically enables and confirms the stereotype of an angry black man. That's what he does. Guy's got millions of dollars, got clout on TV, championships. At the end of the day, what they say, the stereotype, it doesn't matter. Brothers going to be brothers and do ignorant stuff. That's what people, the stereotype is. And Draymond Green, unfortunately, he magnifies that stereotype and he puts a seal of approval on it every time he acts a fool. Brother, you need to look at the man in the mirror and get the help you need. Because that was, your own coach, Steve Kerr, said it was, you went way overboard on that. Way, like, here's a line. You went three steps past the line, choking a man out from behind. You didn't want to just push him. Or Peacemakers usually just separate. No, you got to choke the guy out and then hold the chokehold for six, seven seconds. You know, you could kill someone that way. And, and to me, you, you didn't seem like you were a tough guy. You seemed like a punk. You, you snuck up on him. Come on, man. Get some help, man. For real. For real, Draymond Green. Get some help. You know, I'm just going to give you some help. By telling you to get some help. So I pray that, you know, he does get the help he needs because he definitely needs it, man. I mean, that's a dangerous situation there. Dangerous, dangerous situation. Punch the guy, you know, his teammate in the face. It's getting out of control, man. Well, one thing that was definitely not out of control, and Draymond Green probably did more punching than I saw last night, Thursday night with Shakur Stevenson and that performance. That was an awful, awful performance. And I say it with all due respect with Shakur Stevenson. I really do. I actually watched his fight in Atlanta. I watched his fight live, you know, ringside in Atlanta, and he was electric that night. Now, granted, his opponent had a lot to do with how poor his performance was. And the reason why I say that is because his opponent was just as athletic as Shakur Stevenson, so it was hard for him to, 
to kind of do what he normally does, just wait for the jam and just go ahead and just do his thing. It was just hard for him to, to get in a rhythm. And all he really did the whole night was just, just step back, just step back. He didn't even counter. He didn't even counter. He did, you know, Edwin De Los Santos, he did his thing. I mean, but it was a poor, it was a poor, and I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding at all. After the fourth round, I literally, I'm just telling you the way it is. I was literally falling asleep. I'm not even joking either. I was literally, I had to fight myself to stay up because I said, hey, the first four rounds are boring. Maybe Edwin will get a little bit more brazen, get more aggressive, try to force something, and then it will get more interesting. Nope, it did not. And, you know, I forced myself to stay awake. You know, this fight here actually was more boring than Floyd against Manny Pacquiao. And that's saying a lot. Because that fight, I fell asleep around like the five or six, fifth or sixth round. And I did that twice, watching it twice. This fight, I wouldn't even watch a second time. It was that bad. This fight was that bad that I was falling asleep after the fourth round. I had to force myself to stay awake. I literally did. And then it was the same stuff. Having said that, I do think Edwin De Los Santos did blow an opportunity. And the reason why I say that because, okay, when you were pressing forward, Shakur Steen would literally take two steps back, right? But he didn't counter. And another thing is this. You got to know your opponent. Not only did he not counter, he kept doing that same move the whole night. You could have identified it. Even if you didn't see it in film, you could have saw it. Second thing is, he didn't counter you. And the third thing is, Shakur Stevenson is not a big, big puncher usually. What I mean by that, he can knock you out, but it's usually going to be a culmination of punches. Having said that, Edwin De Los Santos could have been more aggressive in this fight. Move, when you see him stepping back, move to the right and try to hit him. You know, let him step straight back, move to the left one time and try to hit him from the left side, move to the right side, vary your attack. Don't just come at him the same way. And I felt as if he should have been more aggressive because Secure wasn't countering. And even if you did get hit with a counter, let's say, it usually is not going to be a punch that's not going to knock you out because Secure doesn't have that type of power. It's very different fighting a guy like Secure than it is fighting a guy like Terrence Crawford, who does have electric, fast hands, and he does have power where if you do get too aggressive, he can counter you. He's an exceptional counterpuncher and then knock you out. I think he should have pressed the issue a bit more, Edwin, and he could have probably got a chance to steal a win. He, got, he had a chance to steal a win, I felt. You know, you can't go 12 rounds in a fight like that where you're not really connecting and expect to win the fight. So a lot of what made Shakur Stevenson look so poor was Edwin De Los Santos. So props to Edwin De Los Santos for what he did do. I felt as if he did leave some things on the plate too, but I'll give him credit. You know, he, he, he made it a very uneventful fight because of his athleticism. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really, really poor on Shakur Stevenson's part, this fight. I don't think people should be trying as bad as they were 
to make Shakur feel really bad. He said he didn't feel good. And he acknowledged that it was a poor performance. So I think the way that Shakur was kind of beating himself up, I think that's enough already. You know, he had a bad night. It happens. But the reason why I say he had a bad night because he just was very, very anemic in the, the offensive department. And he, and he really didn't vary his attack. He just, you know, took steps two steps back to avoid a punch. And he would throw a jab from time to time. But it was a very, very uneventful fight, which is kind of shocking. So he definitely needs to take this fight and learn from it. You know, he got he got the win, but he definitely needs to learn from it. And yeah, if you want to be a big pay per view pay per view draw, you got to make the fights more interesting than that. That that was I'm telling you, I'm not not joking. I'm telling you, I was falling asleep, and I had to force myself to stay awake because I said to myself, it might get more interesting later if somebody gets too aggressive, Edwin or something, and it never happened. But I had, if I did not force myself, I would have fell asleep. I really would have. So, Shakura, I would have to say you have to make it more engaging for the fans if you really want to get those big paydays because this was poor. Poor performance, just some food for thought for you. And I have to tell you guys, man, I really, really enjoy doing the show with you guys. And we are going to be taking Black Friday off we do that that's what we do and be taking that day off so you guys can enjoy your thanksgiving enjoy your black friday shopping so i will not have a show next weekend but i will be back the following weekend which will be you know drum roll please the first of december i'll be back to december 1st i will also be putting out some other content on social media so you to date but there will not be a show next Friday due to the holiday weekend. So make sure you guys enjoy your Thanksgiving. Make sure you eat a lot of turkey and see family. You know, it's, it's always great times with Thanksgiving. And make sure you guys definitely do your thing and get yourself some Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. So delicious and addicting. You may need a support group. Get one of the four great flavors at flbbqsauce.com flbbqsauce.com and we'll play the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song again sang by Sam Scola hey again if you need Sam Scola to sign him please reach out to me here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show we will make that happen so here's Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song by Sam Scola Counting for the variety, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, a natural flavor. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs. Tasty fusion on pork and sausage. Classic taste for chicken steak tips. A hot heat wave on meatballs and ham. It's a cookout treat. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. 
serve on fish and vegetables, Chef Cheese, Florida barbecue sauce, Chef Cheese, Florida barbecue sauce, Chef Cheese, Florida barbecue sauce. G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, so delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. So check them out. Check out Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, FLBBQSauce.com, FLBBQSauce.com. Really appreciate you guys joining us here on another great episode of the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Keep, definitely, if you haven't done so already, please like us on Facebook at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Follow us on YouTube at Alan Alford. Just type in Alan Alford. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter underneath Alan Alford too. Really appreciate you guys. Really appreciate you listening. Really appreciate you joining us. Another episode of Alan Alford Sports Talk Show. Again, I'm off for Black Friday. So enjoy the Thanksgiving, the shopping. You'll see me on December 1st. And I'm going to close the show up with another great Sam Scola song. It is the end of the show song. So definitely appreciate all of you. Have a great night, great weekend. Be blessed, be well. Till we talk again, take care for now. Not over yet. So, yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts on 
the Bills. What do you think about your Bills? They have to win a game. Yeah, they got to win a game. And, man, you know, that game was – it was very interesting against the, the Broncos. I was really – but they the, – the Bills are, are really slipping now. They really – they're not the same team. Yeah, I wonder why. Yeah, Josh Allen got to stop throwing interceptions. He he's got to he got to get it together. Yeah, man, on the good side, my Devils finally won a game. Yeah, they got to win a game. They got to win a game. You're right. Yeah. So speaking of games, yeah, do you think they're gonna win a game? My Devils hockey team finally won a game though. Which is the good. <laughs> yes, right. So yeah, <laughs> do you think? Do you think the they'll beat the Jets, the Bills? I hope so. Yeah, I I think they'll beat the Jets. I especially being that they lost to the Broncos, I think they're going to be even more dotting their eyes and crossing their T's and be even more like specific to beat the Jets. I really do. I think I that loss against the Broncos woke them up. They have to win sometime. <laughs> Yeah, I th- I think they start they that loss is a wake up call and I think they beat the Jets just because I they lost so. to the Broncos. I think they're gonna turn it around. I really do. I think it starts Good. with the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It's not over yet. You know, it's it's hey, this it's not win- it's not easy to win in the NFL. Everybody's trying to beat them and it shows. But yeah. yeah. You, you got anything special planned this weekend? I'm going to a birthday party. Nice. It'd be great. So that's awesome. Yeah. So, and I'm so glad you called in because you're, you're going to be off next weekend. You mean you're having a showdown next Friday? No, um, next Saturday. I think, I think he, Lou was saying he's going to be off because of the holiday, the holiday weekend. Yeah, I know. I know that. Yeah. Yeah, you? I'm, I'm going to be off too. Me and Lou actually, it almost, it works out just perfectly. Like that weekend of Thanksgiving we and Christmas, we both take off. So I am going to be off next weekend. So I'm glad I did talk to you because next uh, Friday, there will not be a show due to the holiday. Okay. But I look forward to talking to you on December 1st, which is Friday. Right, me too. I mean, I look forward to talking to you, Alan. Oh, yeah, I love talking to you. So I definitely, December mm-hmm. 1st, we're going to pick up. I'm going to definitely call in tomorrow, so you'll hear from me tomorrow too. Great. So I'm looking forward to it. In the meantime, really appreciate you calling in. Thank you. You're welcome. You have a great night. It's such a pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Have a, have a great night and a great Thanksgiving. You too. You Thank too. You. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bye bye now. So yeah, folks. So we don't we end the show on the great note. We got a chance to hear from Diane before the end of the show. So yeah. So definitely, you know, sometimes in most cases I go a bit longer, but tonight I do have uh, something I have to go run to take care of but that's okay i will be back on december 1st 
I want to make sure you guys have a safe and fun Thanksgiving. Make sure you enjoy yourself. And for Black Friday, you can shop within reason because I will not be doing a show on Black Friday. So you guys will get a chance to enjoy. You won't miss anything on Black Friday. Just don't overspend. That's all I ask. But I will see you and speak to you on December 1st. And we will go ahead and keep an eye on everything on social media. There'll be a couple things I'm going to have posting up soon. But in the meantime, I hope you guys have a great night, great weekend. Be blessed, be well. And I'm going to play the end of the show outro again by Sam Scola. And definitely, if you need some help with something, we got another caller calling in. Hey, how you doing? Oh, my God. I finally got through. This is my favorite show. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for asking yourself. Good. Thanks. Um, just a quick question before you end. I just wanted to know, have you ever gone outside and either puked or shit on a pipe near your house? <laughs> no, I That's haven't. That's what I'm about to do. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you letting me know that. <laughs> yeah, so definitely <laughs> no worries guys one thing too is i want to make sure that you guys don't do that where you eat too much you don't overeat for thanksgiving make sure you guys have a safe and happy thanksgiving make sure you take care of yourself and be well make sure you do that and don't overshop on black friday i know there's some great deals there i saw a couple myself that i'm going to take advantage of but yes, I will see you guys on December 1st. That will be Friday, December 1st. Same bat time, same bat channel, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time Zone, Friday, 8.30 p.m. Central Time. And in the meantime, be blessed, be well. Don't forget to support Lou at the Tampa Baseball Museum. Go ahead and vote for him to make it to the Hall of Fame. And in the meantime, you guys have a great night. I will see you again. Be blessed. Be well. Take care for now. And thank you again, Sam Scola, for this great song. We're going to end on the Sam Scola song. Thanking us.
Shine.